So today, I'm really honored to introduce Don Liver, who is the author of Diving in the Inner Ocean, which I know a great many of us have worked on and touched in different ways. And I think this is a, for me, this is a really interesting conversation because, you know, we've published material on diamond inquiry and the diamond approach for so long, and yet it kind of has remained one of these things that I think a lot of us could use some more familiarity with because having having looked at the material and having sat with it, it is really powerful. Um, and I, I really love the, the way you carried your metaphor all the way through the book, Tom. So I, I wanted to let you kind of like hand it off to you and let you do a bit of introduction about yourself and maybe the diamond approach. And then I know we had discussed you doing some sort of short exercise to kind of help guide us through an experiential version of it. And I think, mm -hmm. That sounds really wonderful. So I'll hand it off to you. Great. Thanks, Stephen. So hi, everybody. It's quite touching to hear Stephen say, like so many people who have touched, you know, had some hand in the book. That's, I actually feel very moved by that. Um, yeah, surprisingly. Yeah. So really, my thanks to, to all of you, to everybody who was involved in it. Well, and to Shambhala for everything that you guys are doing. And, you know, to, yeah, so this, this little book, this little diving in the, in the inner ocean that you all had something to do with. I wanted to do a quick check, like how many people have done inquiry or anything to do with the diamond approach? Just a quick, like wave your hand. Okay, so few, few. Okay, and roughly how many people like have do some kind of meditation, right? Okay, right, a lot of people. Okay, so, so I wrote the book, as you know, as you say, you guys are kind of really the, the main sort of publisher, like bringing the work around the diamond approach into the world. And it is this incredible, powerful, astonishing, amazing, both body of knowledge and practice that's arisen. And the, the actual practice itself, the key central practice of inquiry through which really the whole understanding and development of the diamond approach comes about. And it's also true that the, the you know, so much of it is, is deep and profound and not always easy to understand, right? Not always easy to get a direct accessible um, kind of taste of. And so this was really my orientation in writing the book. I wanted to do two things. So for people who are in the school, like a lot of my students that I work with over the, the years, um, I see, well, and my fellow students and people, you know, I went from when I was started out, how long it takes people to really get what inquiry is. And as a new teacher, I made all kinds of, you know, <laughs> silly mistakes, like sitting down with somebody and just going like, so what's happening? As if they actually, you know, knew even how to approach that question. And I started to realize as I went along that there's a real need to kind of explain it in a way that makes it accessible and relatable and that actually deals with the nuts and bolts mechanics of the practice. So Hamid has written an amazing book called Space Cruise Inquiry, which is like, you know, the Bible of inquiry, but it's not a beginner's book and it doesn't deal with like the really simple things like, you know, can I do it by myself? Do I write? Do I speak? What are the kinds of steps in the process? And that was really what I was interested in addressing. So on the one hand, it's to help people, bottom line, to help people learn to inquire more effectively and more quickly. 
to actually get the hang of what it is and how to unlock the incredible power of this practice. And the second thing was, you know, to for people who have never heard of it, who don't have any idea about inquiry, to actually give them a sense of what it is and what's involved. And the comparison with meditation, I find really apt. So if you think about, um, say, mindfulness, right, mindfulness meditation, the way I think about it, it's like, if you think of your inner world, right, inner world is like an inner ocean, right, and there's everything going on inside it. And with mindfulness, a little bit what you do, you sit down, you stop all the running around on the surface, and you settle down and you just begin to become aware of what's going on inside you thoughts, feelings, sensations. And these are like the little fish and stuff in the water as you, as you sit down and begin to notice this inner world. And with mindfulness, you, you get to notice them, right? You get to actually see them, which you know is a whole step. We often see things that before then we weren't aware of. And the other interesting thing you learn to do, you learn to kind of cultivate a different relationship with them, whereby you can see them, you can be aware of them, and you can put them down so that you are not driven by, automatically driven by all these things in quite the same way. And that is, that's an amazing transformation, an amazing development and growth sort of potential that is possible with that. Um, and yeah, so it's an amazing practice. And inquiry invites a whole nother possibility as well. So not only do we see the little things going on in our inner worlds, right? But with inquiry, we actually want to get curious about them, right? We also don't just run with them. We don't just, you know, so before people start any kind of inner work, they have a feeling and they just run with it, right? You're just doing it. You don't even think about it right? They're just going about living your life and you don't realize there's a whole lot more going on. You do a bit of mindfulness, you realize, oh, there's a whole lot of stuff going on and I can learn to let it go. With inquiry, you see there's a whole lot of stuff getting going on and I can be really curious about it. Like, huh, what is that? What is it that's happening there? And how come? What's making that happen? Right? So this is really the, the interesting sort of invitation. And what it does is it means that we begin to recognize and to discriminate the things that are arising by actually speaking it out like, oh, I feel irritated today. Or I, I feel happy today. Oh, it's kind of light and bubbly. And, you know, that's interesting, right? That's something that's happening in your experience. And the invitation is not only to see it clearly and recognize it for what it is, but then to be curious about what's making it happen. Like, how come? Like, why is this here? And that at first to many people seems less obvious with, you know, lovely spiritual states. We're just happy, you know, oh, I'm feeling kindness and compassion. <laughs> thank God. Uh, thank goodness I'm just not feeling rubbish, right? But it's very obvious when there's reactions. So you get angry or frustrated or sad or whatever. And, you know, it, it, it's really useful and valuable to approach those and to begin to understand, well, how come? What's making me get so angry, right? What's bringing that about? And when you begin to start exploring like that, that starts this amazing process of then taking you gradually deeper and deeper into all the layers of your psyche, 
right? And that includes your immediate psychological experience, your thoughts and feelings and sensations. In time, it begins to reveal your whole psychological conditioning, everything that's kind of lurking in there from your past and shaping you in some way. And in time, as we continue exploring and sensing and including all the levels of experience, it takes us right through to the very sense of our presence, our essence itself, right? And that's really the big recognition of the diamond approach, that by understanding our very ordinary experience, it'll take us from the surface all the way down into the essence, because that's what's making it happen in the first place, right? So this is, um, this is the power of inquiry. And by, as we clarify and open up, you know, get to the bottom of what these things are, they're then freer to be lived in our lives, right? So it becomes profoundly transformational, right? At times very challenging, kind of bring you really face to face with all the difficult stuff and all everything that's ever shaped you. But in time, it opens up and clarifies and each thing becomes a kind of a, like a portal to a different quality of presence. And so that's maybe the last thing I'll say, because as you can tell, I can go on at length. Um, the, the whole, the, the, one of the central understandings or recognitions in the diamond approach is that what we are, the presence, the very beingness of our spiritual nature of what we are is not just one thing, right? It's not just presence. It's not like just, Hearness. Hearness is one thing, but there's also love, right? And you see this in all the different spiritual traditions. Many of them focus on different angles. There's love, there's compassion, there's awareness, there's emptiness, there's depth and mystery, there's joy, there's pleasure, right? All these different qualities that actually make up a human being. And so our inquiry will take us just from very ordinary experience where we are to explore it and trace it all the way down into those essential qualities that then open up um, to be lived in our lives. So yeah, I wanted, to, I wanted to put it out there because not for a second can I believe that, you know, the maybe five or 6,000 Diamond Approach students and, you know, maybe 20,000 people who've ever, you know, touched a book by Hamid or had some contact with the school, I just can't believe that those are the only people who would find this practice valuable. So my aim was to kind of put it out in a more accessible and relatable way. So yeah, maybe that's, uh, that's kind of the by way of intro. I don't know if there's anything you want to ask about that. I'm happy to, to say something. Um, or else what we can do is like do like a little for short, like five minutes. And I kind of guide you into the first sort of steps of an inquiry. And uh, so you kind of get a sense of doing it practically. I think, I think let's ah. dive in. I, I think we will have questions and, and okay. people with some inquiries themselves, but I, I, let's dive in and then we can touch on those afterwards. Okay. So let's dive in. So I suggest you get comfortable, sit back, have your eyes, closed. And take a nice breath, sort of into your belly, into your chest, out through your mouth, just kind of landing here. So one of the things with inquiry is we're just where we are. You don't have to be anywhere else. There's nothing else you're 
nothing that you're supposed to find or where you're supposed to be other than just what's here. And take a moment to connect with your body. So sense your feet. You connect with the actual sensations of your feet on the ground, whatever you can sense. Maybe the foot or the temperature or your shoe, the bones, sense your ankles. And then sense your lower legs, your calf, your shin, your knees. So you're not thinking about them. You're actually getting in touch with the immediate palpable sensation, whatever that is. Let the sensing flow up into your upper legs, your thighs, inner and outer thigh, underside of your thigh on the chair. You might notice pressure or maybe aches or pains or fleshiness or muscles. And sensing your hips and your buttocks the weight of your body on the chair. These immediate sensations, nothing right, no wrong. And then sense your hands, fingertips and fingers and hands, your wrists. Might also be sensing more subtle things like energy or tingling. Sense your forearms, your elbows. Might notice places where you just can't feel much. And if that's what you're in touch with, then that's perfect to sense that. Just, oh, not much there. Sense your upper arms. And your shoulders. How are your shoulders today? They feel tight, contracted, or relaxed and open. Just being in touch with, with whatever's actually there. Now sensing both arms and both legs. So you're sensing your arms and legs in touch with the actual immediacy of the experience. And include the rest of your body too, the whole central torso, pelvis, and belly, chest, head. <sighs> breath. And just noticing what you're sensing, what you're in touch with. You may notice qualitative sensations like, uh, like, do you feel heavy or insubstantial or solid? Light or more dense? And you may not notice those things, doesn't matter. Whatever you're in touch with is exactly right. Tension patterns. So you're sensing your sensation right now. 
now we, we use that to ground our experience. So now I'm gonna ask you a question and I want you to just see what comes up with this question. So where are you? What's up for you? What's going on with you? And see what happens as you pose that question to yourself or begin to feel into what that might be. It's as if you're sitting with a really, really good friend and they're just saying, hey, what's up? What's going on for you? It might be a situation that's on your mind, right? Something from work or family or any part of your life. Like if you feel into, huh, what's really up with me? That's, that's where your attention begins to get drawn. It might be a feeling you have right now. Maybe you're feeling sad or happy, or frustrated, or no feeling. So it could be something like that. Some feeling that's going on. Might be connected with your life or not. So we're starting to look around the water, to look around this inner world and to see what's nearby, you know, what's, we're diving into this ocean, beginning to kind of swim in it and look underwater and, and find out where we are. Are we over a kelp forest or coral reef or empty sea? How, how does your mind feel? Does your mind feel clear and open or busy and chattering? constricted and judgmental? What sort of thoughts have been occupying your mind? And as you're noting these things, like actually note them to yourself, like kind of as if you were saying them, I won't ask you to say them out loud, but you could be speaking them, you know, oh, well, it's feeling thing that happened earlier, I feel a bit, a bit confused about it. And that's kind of what's up for me right now. So I want you to notice now, how is it to actually just begin noticing where you are in this kind of friendly way? If there's no right or wrong, no place you're trying to get to, you don't have to make it better or worse. It's just the truth. Just honestly, is what you can say as best you can. There could be multiple things that are up. Or it might just be one big thing that's kind of really got your attention right now. So this is the very first part of the inquiry process, is beginning to feel into where am I? What's going on? What's happening in my inner world? Where is it occupied? And to actually take the time to notice, 
which is often quite an unusual thing. Like often we're more interested in trying to get somewhere or make something happen or change it or make it better or make it nice or hold on to it if it is nice. And here, you're just curious about, huh, what's going on? So notice how that affects you. How does it affect you to recognize a little more clearly just where you are, whether it's ordinary, spiritual, whatever. And then as if the inquiry process were to continue, you might begin to contemplate as you're aware of whatever it is you're aware of. Well, what's like, what kind of draws me? What am I interested in here? What am I curious about? What, what, what don't I understand? If there's some kind of feeling present, let's take the feeling for a moment. Suppose there's some kind of whatever kind of feeling you're actually in touch with right now. If you take a moment to kind of draw a little closer to that feeling state, whatever it is, and see what else you could say about it. Like if you were just to describe it, what's it like? How does, how are you feeling? And how do you experience that? Does it feel soft or hard or gentle or jangly? Do you sense it in your body somewhere, like in your heart or your belly? Like if you feel anxious, sometimes we get butterflies in our tummy. Or if you feel happy, we might feel light in our heart. Confused, maybe your head feels a bit tight. So you can just take a moment and get a little closer to it and just be curious about it, seeing what you can say and hanging out with it to find out a little more. So it's like this feeling is like one of the little fish in the ocean that you're now getting closer to and beginning to follow. You don't wanna frighten it away. You wanna kind of just gently get closer to it, feel it and see what it is and where it takes you. And then just take a breath in through your nose, out through your mouth. And sense your feet again, your butt. Begin to add listening. So noticing the sounds that are around you, including your environment. Sensing, listening, still in touch with whatever's happening inside you. And then when you're ready to, you can open your eyes and begin looking. So here you are looking, seeing, seeing where you are, seeing the screen with the little faces on it, light and shadows and space and objects. And notice how you are now, right? How are you now compared to when we started? Like what's, what's changed? 
notice if there's been any movement. So often just the very act of beginning to recognize and give space to where we are has an impact, right? Can actually begin some sort of change. So that's kind of the shortest little guided inquiry I could put out there. <laughs> it kind of just gives you a little taste of beginning to get in touch, to see where you are, and then to get curious about it. And that's really the inquiry process. So whether you're doing that journaling, talking out loud to someone else, um, it's really that process of taking the time to hang out with yourself and begin to recognize and articulate and explore what you find. So let's open it up and see, see what you found, see if you have questions, anything. See how it affected you, just share anything. Um, one of the things that I found and that I really appreciated, and I maybe I cheated a little bit because I, I read about it beforehand, <laughs> was the how you're interacting with the inner, you're, you're you're observing the inner and the outer world, and how they are contributing to one another. Mm -hmm. And and I, I actually really love that, and I, I appreciate the distinction between that and and just as you described it, like plain old mindfulness. Um, where it's really about noticing the inner world and it's not really, you know, they're kind of the same thing. And I, I, I just really appreciated it. And um, mm. yeah, in that little exercise, I could, I could, I could see it like experientially after having read about, after having read about oh. that. Um, so I really appreciated it. Okay, great. So you, when you say the outer world, you mean the way that there can be things from your, say your life that are actually sort of occupying you in some way or yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. there's a, there's a relationship between the you know between um what you're experiencing and how you feel about what you're experiencing and exactly. that and that's made really clear up front which i think uh, took me a very long time to figure out <laughs> on my own. Yeah. so i really, yeah. I, really I mean it's such a key thing that you're touching on for two reasons the firstly is that's what makes it so transformational is because what's going on inside you nine times, not nine times, but many times is directly connected to what's going on in your life, right? I mean, that's, that's how come that's all happening. And it's also the first step in going from your life, from where you start off finding yourself and then noticing, oh, there's thoughts and feelings and all kinds of stuff about it. And then, you know, it kind of will keep taking you Keep, keep taking you deeper. Um, so that's great. And one of the things I've noticed, people think like when they start, they lower themselves down and they think, okay, what am I feeling now? Well, I'm just feeling, you know, whatever, I'm, whatever my state is in the moment or whatever I can sense in my body in the moment. But the question of like, what's up for you, right? What's going on with you sort of broadens the, the kind of ambit of it. Because that's where you really are. It's like you're looking under the water. You're looking around to see what's going on. And that's, for example, that big 
big shark or that big ray might not be right here, right? Right immediately here. But when you look around, you're like, oh yeah, there's that thing that happened yesterday. And actually that was really a big thing. And I can still feel that that's, you know, that's in my consciousness in some way, even though it's not the exact, exact thing that's central right now. And so allowing for that, right, then allows us to go, oh yeah, that. Ah, and actually, as I feel that right now, that's really important. There's something there I want to look at and we can get closer to it. And that will actually move us across, just like a diver moving across to look at whatever it was up close. I'm glad you discovered that. Yeah, just to follow up on that a little bit, um, uh, one of the practices that I'm more familiar with is Vipassana or insight meditation. And there were some similarities at the beginning and thank you for, by the way, for leading that. Um, but there's some similarities at the beginning, especially just, you know, in the attention to bodily sensation and yeah. Etc. Um, but going back to what you were talking about, about the more active role of sort of investigating what's going on in your consciousness a little bit more actively than you might in a Vipassana practice where mm. you're just sort of noticing things and things are kind of just rising to the surface of consciousness sort of naturally. Mm. Um, I was just wondering if you have any experience with, with that type of practice and what you think the... Uh, maybe the difference is between sort of passively noted, noting or noticing okay. versus actively investigating. Okay. So let's do a one minute practical on that. So close your eyes and sense your hand. Everybody can do that. And just be aware of your hand. Okay, whatever you're aware of there, whatever it is, like I said, no right or wrong, just what's there. Okay, so now we're all on mute. Just start describing what you can feel there, like just noticing as you're in touch with it, as you're sensing it right now, what can you say about it? And just say, say something. And then keep hanging out with it. Keep staying with your hand, noticing what you're noticing and just keep noticing, see what else you can say about it. So you're actually articulating what you're in touch with. You're articulating the sensation. Mm -hmm. And then Continuing to do that, like continuing to be as clear as you can about what's happening now, because probably moment by moment, something changes. It's a little different. And now see if you get curious about something in the experience of your hand, like, oh, like what? See if there's some piece of it that you're like, wow, what is that? I wonder what that is. And see if you kind of zoom in on it and see what you can say about that.
Okay, and just let it go. When you're ready, come back. What did you what do you notice? What do you notice over the impact of the, the verbalization or the articulation? It gets more clarity around exactly what you're feeling the more you kind of look at it. Uh-huh. Yeah, you so you experience that. Yeah, exactly. So there's something about the process of articulating and discriminating that starts to bring in a kind of clarity, right? A kind of clear, clear sort of, yeah, clarity about what it is that's arising. In fact, if we follow that all the way, that's actually where the diamond of the diamond approach gets its name. It's from that kind of clarity, you get more and more clear because we're usually quite vague about our experience. Like, okay, sadness, oh, sadness, fine. I feel a little sadness, but huh, what is the sadness? How do you experience it? What's it like? Oh, it's this kind of soft, watery, warm, achy, melting sensation in my heart. And as I feel into it, it's like, oh, it's right in the center there. And, brings up, you know, there's something about that getting clearer and clearer that reveals more. And it sets off a certain kind of dynamism within the process and an unfolding that doesn't come just with the, just the, the awareness, the undiscriminated awareness, right? And in time, what we get to do is we actually get to understand what it is, right? Not to, so you just see what it is, but then even more deeply than that, actually understand, oh, that's how come, that's what, that's where that's coming from in me. So that's, that's what the talking does. I'm going to press a lot of talking, <laughs> talking practice. Yeah, one thing. Attention to like a little John, pulsing. You, just real quick, John, you broke up at the beginning of that for me. Oh, I don't know if you yeah. for anybody else. Would you mind repeating? Yeah, sure. Of course. Um, I would, noteworthy yet just um i was paying attention to uh you keep cutting in and out there i'm not sure what's happening ah you were paying attention to and then yeah sorry i i just got a nice alert on my screen that says your internet connection is unstable um it's okay we'll hang in there with you turn your video off john i could do that um sure We'll see if that makes a difference. So I was just talking about uh, a little tinge I have in my my wrist that was kind of pulsing around, and I once I looked closely at that, it would sort of I could follow it radiating up into my shoulder and kind of just see the interconnections of things. And then you can go beyond um, those sort of uh, immediate sensations into more um, mental or cerebral causes for these kinds of things and how they play back and forth with one another. Mm -hmm. Exactly, exactly. So exactly, that's exactly what happens. So you can start, you might start with just a physical sensation. You think it's just a sensation and you inquire into it and get clearer and it expands. And then you begin to notice, oh, there's a feeling. And But like, actually, as I'm feeling that, I'm feeling a certain way or it's bringing up, excuse me, some kind of association, not as a kind of mental deduction, like, oh, maybe it's this, maybe it's that. No, no. The inquiry means you're staying with it and feeling it as it's happening. And as it's happening, you begin to connect with those other things. You suddenly recognize, oh, that feels like this, 
right? That's the, the kind of meaning of it begins to get revealed, right? I mean, I really, if you think neurologically, I think part of the whole power of it is it's like you're connecting with a little neural network and then you're gradually inviting everything connected with it. You're kind of following the thread and it kind of opens up and gets deeper and deeper into, into what's going on. So yeah, yeah, great, good discovery. And you know, it's one thing to do with like an sort of an ostensibly fairly, you know, maybe innocuous thing like sensation of your hand. But if you start, you did the same thing starting with say a situation that you're having a reaction about, right? Like, oh, I'm having this reaction. And you describe the reaction, you feel into the reaction, you describe the situation, what exactly is going on that's causing all of this. And you, you can imagine the kind of unfolding that can then begin to happen. The important thing, what distinguishes it from sort of anything that like more usual kind of therapy is that you are exploring it directly in contact in the immediacy of the experience. So that's why I say like in the book, you're not sitting on the beach talking about it or in a boat looking down going, oh, maybe it's this. I remember when I was six, blah, blah, blah. No, you're actually in the water, feeling it directly and talking about and exploring what you're in touch with directly as it's happening. That's what makes it inquiry. Um. Thank you, Dominic. That was a very relaxing way to start a Friday morning um, for me. Um, I wanted to ask, um, I've been doing a focusing practice of Eugene Genlin's for a long time, which um, in, in my experience, this is the only time I've ever been guided in a diamond approach um, inquiry, but there seemed to be a lot of overlap and um, and then also similarly, the focusing community seems to have a strange mix of being global and incredibly popular with some people and yet many, many people don't know about it at all. Um, so anyway, I was just curious if you know if Hamid had a chance to connect with Gene Gendlin or if he had, you know, has, is there a community of discussion between these kinds of active inquiry methodologies that, that you've encountered? I, I mean, I have heard of focusing and some of my students uh, have, have mentioned it. I, I'm not personally immediately directly sort of, you know, I haven't been directly exposed to it. And honestly, I don't know if Hamid has, you know, what the sort of contact is. There are definitely, people have mentioned to me that there are some kinds of similarities. Um, but I, yeah, uh, I, I don't know is the short answer. Okay, thanks. Yeah, sometimes yeah. I, it seems to me that there's like, there are these esoteric lineages of, um, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> of, inqu of inquiry approaches. And um, I've always wondered, and I even did my PhD research in part and looking at the history of these things and wondering why they seem to be so segmented from each other. But I wonder in part if it's just that they're deeply personal, internal and approaches and um, and so sort of being passed from teacher to student is, is a natural way that they spread something like that. I, I think that could, you know, well, I take away the invitation to go and look at it. So I will, mm. I'll do that. Mm. And I think there is something to that, that some of these things, 
it's like a certain stage of a path's development, you know, it's a little sort of internal thing that's kind of developing in its own little bubble. And it's in interaction with all kinds of any of things, but it's really, it's its own internal logic that's unfolding. But I think at a certain point, once it becomes sort of established and unpacked enough, the diamond approach, I think, is beginning to get there. It may be ready to take, you know, more of a, you know, a bigger step in terms of that sort of dialogue and, and, and entering into the discourse with other traditions. I mean, Hamid does a fair bit of it already, right, in terms of other spiritual teachers and other spiritual teachings, but I don't think he's gone to my knowledge. Well, he's been doing some work recently around trauma too, right? So um, I don't know about focusing specifically. Yeah. Yeah, several uh, authors I've worked with have referred to the diamond approach as like their secret, you know, source of power for some of their uh, <laughs> spiritual work and writing. So, yeah, yeah. It's, it's lovely to see. Yeah, yeah. It is just an amazing practice. It really is. Great, um, thanks. Dom, I don't know if this is a fair question given sort of time constraints. I know we're close to wrap up time, but yeah. I'd just be curious to hear kind of what the what the um, sort of evolution as one goes in deeper into inquiry kind of mm. you, you you kind of went talked about the diamond of the diamond approach a little bit but sort of mm. what is the as you're doing this over months and years kind yeah, of what yeah. is the experience what changes yeah what are you doing differently yeah yeah so on the one hand the kind of central practice weirdly enough in a certain way stays the same. You get in touch with whatever's there and you just get curious about it. So on one level, it looks the same. The content of what you're engaging with though begins to shift quite significantly. So there are various ways of breaking it down. The first kind of big shift is when we go from kind of recognizing mostly what we could call the conventional sort of layers of experience, the you know, sensations of your body and your emotional reactions and your ideas to recognizing what we call presence. So, and in the last chapter of the book, I go directly, I talk a lot about that. So how you go from just recognizing, for example, oh, I feel happy to recognizing, oh, there's this kind of light feeling in my heart to recognizing, oh, there's actually a presence of what I, that I experience is a presence of what I am, a here-ness that feels like this bubbly, sunshiny, free-flowing lightness that is actually in, that I sense in my chest and that I can feel as the presence of joy itself, right? So we begin to recognize that these qualities of essence, we actually directly sense as presence. So that's the first big kind of discovery. And then for, for years, well, ongoingly, there's a back and forth between, you know, you recognize some quality of presence like joy, oh, this wonderful joy. And that brings up all the psychological stuff about how your joy got shut down and how you got cut off from your joy and your inner, inner child that's been wounded around joy and all the disconnections from it. And so there's a whole rich process that happens there. And that goes on through all different aspects, joy and strength and compassion and power and personalness and identity. And it just goes, keeps going, right? At a certain point, we are more established as the presence. We know our beingness, the presence of what we are. And 
we begin to get more and more clear about what that is and how that actually, what that means for life and for living. And at that stage, something begins to happen around uh, the, the sort of development of the diamondness, right? And we begin to become more and more diamond-like and clear and sharp and precise so that our presence is not just present, but it is very clear objective presence, right? And that's the whole development that can happen. And that too, all of it involves its very challenging psychodynamic work, right? And then at a certain point, uh, the kind of clarity and all of that begins to expand. And at some point we begin to recognize the non-dual, right? And the whole path opens up. Then we realize the presence is not just our personal presence, not just presence here, but it's actually the nature of everything. And then you're into the whole sort of non-dual teachings and all different flavors of non-duality, right? That begin to arise, emptiness, love, or awareness, and so on. And then the stuff that Hamid is doing a lot of teaching on these days, and I think being quite mischievous with at times, you know, beyond non-duality, right? All the things that can happen even as we go past non-duality. So it all happens simply from that curious exploration of what's actually here. And as we do that, that location of where we are unfolds and begins to reveal more and more of its potentials. That's kind of in a nutshell. You've done this before. <laughs> that was great thank you so much Don uh, yeah yeah you're very welcome very welcome and just to say that I mean one of the things that you you appreciate then over and over is when it has this kind of idea of a, a, a spiritual journey as you know it's like a kind of linear thing and you know you get to more and more wonderful states and in a certain way it's true you get to more and more wonderful stuff and the truth is that each of those expansions brings its own very challenging sort of history and stuff we have to work with. So it's not like you work on your ego and then you're done working on your ego and you have all these wonderful spiritual experiences. It's just absolutely not how it goes. Every expansion of awareness brings with it very specific issues and psychological stuff that you have to process and digest and understand. And in that understanding, that is the realization then of that condition. Yeah, so they weave together all the way. Thank you. Go ahead, Nika, did you wanna say something else? Okay. Well, I just, I wanna be respectful of the time that's coming up upon us, although I've, I've very thoroughly enjoyed um, this experience with you and, and hearing from you and, watching you teach and it's been truly a pleasure. So I think uh, if anybody else has questions, uh, uh, you can hand them to me or if you have, you're in touch with Dom, you can probably email Dom directly, I'm sure. And yeah, uh, yeah the, I'd love to continue this. Go ahead. If I can throw something into the pot, I've just, just yes, it's please. in the very early stages of getting developed. I said to you, I think the spoke when I was talking to Mike and them that we'd have a, a website and all of this stuff set up. Well, it's finally in maybe, I don't know, beta stage, whatever we'll call it. But if you go to um, dive-in.life, so dive-in.life, I'll maybe just put it in the chat, dive-in.life, um, 
A, there are a couple of resources there. We're going to build out the resource library there. But I also do like a free 19-minute sort of once-a-month session, a little tongue-in-cheek called Dive In With Dom. And in that Dive In With Dom, we actually go into the practice and we explore different nuances of the practice and it's free. So anybody is welcome to come along and any of you who wanted to would be welcome to pop in. Thank you very much.